This is episode 301 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Slumber Party Morales. And today, I'm joined by Marcel. What's the most clever thing you can come up with, Dion? Montana. Dude, that was asking you to come up with a nickname, not read it. Exactly. Clever. (laughs) (laughs) Will, not ready. Haywood. Not ready for Worlds, not ready for uh, Section Series. Better get ready. And Ryan, 95% decided Staniszewski. Yep, uh, I, I think I know what list I'll take to Worlds, but that last 5% will creep up probably at some point. Right, that, that, that's, that's uh, on your way from your Airbnb to the convention center. Oh, and that's not allowed. I bring one list. Uh, but but yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be in a place with uh with at least uh 200 X-wing players. I'm sure you could scrape it together. You could call me up. I got I got everything, Ryan. Sounds like gonna, an excuse I'm not gonna take. I, I listen, <laughs> listen. If if you want an excuse to call somebody, I'll I'll be that temptation if you'd like. Be make a fun story. Hmm? No, okay. But you know it's here anyway. As for announcements and news, Sector Series Top 16 has officially fired off. We have four players from each of the sectors. They're battling it out together. So what, what we figured we'd show you is the bracket. So you guys can see how all of this is, uh, is shaping up. So let's go and take a peek real quick. We click on bracket. And then we move things around so that we can see better than what we are seeing now. And there it is right there. Let's go ahead and make it a little smaller right there. All right. So um, as you can see, we have one killer beard hawk there at the top of uh, at the top of the bracket um, for people who want to know how this got seated i took each of the uh each of the players from each of the sectors and i put them in their own branch of um of the bracket and i i just randomized everybody at this point you guys are all good enough to get into the sector wasn't going to worry about seating or anything like that i just went ahead and randomized it and we will have a winner at the end uh, for at least the first round of the top 16. We will not have any overlapping um, sectors, but um, or or or, or. Uh, let's see. Oh, you actually put I was going to say or you took your friends and you put them at the opposite ends, but you did it. I did not. No, I did not. It's, it, it had the way it shook out. So yeah, James and. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you not, not favor your friends? The reason why they're not the opposite ends because we're going to expect them to tie against each other, so they can't go in the final and tie. True, 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 true. <laughs> yeah, so James and uh, and Will could possibly meet in the top four. There's a possibility for that. Uh, but there's lots of awesome games. But you know, we could have. Um, it's Kenneth uh, Kenneth Lyons and Will could be in the final Team USA final. Oh no! Team is that or is that is that versus, uh, or is team that behind is, the scenes captain? Yeah, right. That's Um 
uh, all move the deep, right? That's Kenneth Lyons. Oh no, 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 no. Steve, Steve, Steve Cotillo, yeah. Who's Kenneth Lyons? Who is that? Yeah, Lyons. Is, is that a real person? That's a real person. That's okay. Lyons. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, I was like, what? Am I just making up people? I don't know. I don't know. It's Monday. Have some fun with it. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to seeing how this shakes out with the top 16. If uh, if you haven't seen the prizes yet, all you got to do is go to goldsquadronpodcast.com. Remember, it was a free series, but we still offered prizes. We did hit our goal, so uh, we are going to be giving away the following. We're going to be making some, uh, some cards that we give away to the top 16, some Sector Series cases for our top eight. Top four, we'll be getting those sweet Sector Series jackets. And the champion will get that Sector Series trophy, our inaugural Sector Series trophy. So, um, good luck. And, um, of course, all the top 16, you guys at least get to walk away with cards. The only players to walk away uh, with, let me say this, the only players to be guaranteed to have those cards. Because I can't just print 16 copies of each. That's not really realistic. We'll probably give some of them away, but you guys guaranteed to get a set of those. Speaking of prizes, guys, um, I am officially getting word that people are, are starting to get their Galaxies prizes and their Patreon prizes. All the stuff just kind of showing up, mail all around. So uh, pay attention to your mailboxes and uh, some stuff might be coming. Have patience. They, they, it is coming in waves. And I am not physically doing it myself. That's being taken care of by Curled Paw Creatives. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's happening. It's super awesome. And... Um, we thank them for their service. Obviously, we're paying them to do that, but um, should be good stuff. Everyone went home with tons of loot. Yes, all the loot from the Cherokee Open. That looked like people had a good time. All right, so our big topic for today was that the judging crew from the World Championships has released an official addendum to the rules, and we thought it would be important to probably go through them and of course just like we've been doing the last couple weeks we're going to talk about our boogeyman of the week who's the boogeyman Dion? who's the boogeyman i'm not going to tell you until you get there you're going to have to watch or maybe you can skip forward and find out and come back you know how to use technology you can do it i believe in you it's Kanan, by the way. All right. Let's <laughs> you don't know which one. You don't know which one. Uh, exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get let's get started here. We got five pages of important stuff to go through. Um, Ryan, I'll let you take the lead. Where do you want to start? So I'd like to first start off uh, by thanking the judges first for getting this out to us earlier i think that the goal of this and i think what everyone needs to realize whether you agree or disagree right these are rulings and things being put into place by the world's judges that they specifically say they are not official that this is the first thing in bold underlined in the first middle paragraph mm. these are not officially sanctioned rulings by amg or endorsed by amg in any way this is all coming from the judge staff specifically these rules are intended for the use of this event only this is the judges are trying to get ahead and get the answers to some unknown questions out 
before the world's event so that you don't show up the day of worlds and they go oh by the way here's an answer to these questions yeah. and you go but i just brought my list <laughs> right so they this is this is for us to have con as concrete of answers that the world's judges can come up with whether amg later on chooses a different answer whole nother story right if that's what they want to do that's what amg's gonna do right? now i want to one thing i do want to like preface slash before somebody writes it in the comments because i know it's coming like well this is happening at the world championships how can they not be official rulings you got to understand how this is working right amg basically is has contracted the judges to be like hey guess what this tournament is your problem more lovingly with that and with more support with prizes and stuff like that but essentially they're saying this is your thing take care of it we trust you and that's why they're empowered to do something like this and rules addendums like this are not new like this is something that does happen uh at especially bigger events where the judge wants to make sure that people have a clear understanding of the expectations as they enter the competition I got beef with said judges. Well, not what? judges, actually. I got beef with said people in put in charge, namely Chris Allen. Oh, ooh. Spill it. Beef. What's your beef? What you got? So I took a picture. I built Kayla's list because she went to go practice her uh, list yesterday, right? We did, like, a local tournament. Uh-huh. And it's, like, the second time in, like, a, a year that she plays. So I took a picture of the because she's flying five whispers i took a picture of the five whispers and i sent it to chris i said hey are these le legal and uh basically he, he roasted me thinking that i was i was trolling him about flying whispers <laughs> and then i told him no dude we're like combined we're bringing seven <laughs> right but um yeah and uh net net is he told me i think five out of my seven bases are not legal so that was sad but that's not the beef the beef is that he was making fun of me for flying whispers <laughs> he's saying you're wrong prove wow. him wrong you, you can you can quickly flip that see but you know what will happen marcel if you do well with some weird whisper list what they'll say won't be that the list was good. They'll say, guys, it was Marcel, and literally move on. Like, that's, that no, is what they will say. Kayla's going to win. She, I'm just she's, saying. She's I'm just saying. It. She's taking it. <laughs> so, I mean, that. but I'm saying. Then, then they'll just say, like, oh, come on. She learned from, from one of the greats, right? Like, it's – the list will get no credit. In my in coming from that crowd, I think that's how you end up, you know, making it happen. Anyway, I could be wrong. I could I've been wrong before, at least once. We'll move on. All right. So, so go ahead. I guess to to cap off the general summary intro of all this here, if you have any questions or want any more detailed um, explanation or just to converse with the judges about their decision. Get in touch with them, but don't go in there looking for a fight. They're not going to enjoy that. If you want to discuss, discuss. If you're coming in with fisticuffs already up, not really putting your best foot forward just to talk with the judges and just to have a, a conversation to maybe understand why they ruled a certain way that you might not agree with. And you know what? You may still end up disagreeing with each other. 
but that's okay as long as you do it in a um, in a uh, gentlemanly, professionally, whatever word you want to make it nice manner. Have good manners, people. Don't be a jerk. Is is the it's the consensus there, right? Just be nice. They're doing the they are <laughs> not being compensated the amount of money that most of us would expect a professional job to uh, be compensated. So it's there's definitely there's definitely the uh, oh you like you enjoy doing this tax right that's uh, that's always as a part of that. What were you gonna say, Marcel? Wendy's. That's like the normal expectation for judging a board game tournament is like they they buy you subway or wendy's or jimmy johnson if you're really lucky they'll order you like a giordano's pizza or something it's true that's true <laughs> all right let's uh let's let's kick this off uh you guys want to go let's we should probably just go bullet by bullet right that's the smart way to go number Rotate one the table number one all right uh, we got uh, the event organizer expects you to play in a sportsman-like manner. Judges will be enforcing sportsmanship and will not tolerate unsporting conduct. Uh, I mean, essentially, right? We're saying like, don't don't be a jerk. Play the game. Uh, and of course, they're they're leaving. Do you notice that they're not defining what is sportsman-like conduct? I, this is, in, in my opinion, this is on purpose because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, don't not, you know. Yeah, and as, if you as soon as as soon as they try to define it, people will find ways around it. Yep. So you leave it open to interpretation by the judges. Just be on your best behavior. Don't don't be a jerk. It's easy. Keep it going, Will. All right. So the next one is all our players is a question format. Our players required to use victory point counters for score. The round tracker from the errata document or any other specific form to keep score. Uh, players can use any method to track their scores and game round forever, both the round of the game and the score must at all times be clear to both players and to the public. Uh, the event organizers encourage and recommends players to use a paper score sheet that tracks the score for each round. Uh, the event organizer anticipates having score sheets available. So that's great. Uh, helpful tool, make sure everybody's on the same page uh, for the score so nothing's forgotten or misrepresented. Uh, Marcel? Um, S-foils or anything that has pivot wings, swivel wings, anything that's two-sided cards. Do you use cards, models, or tokens? Uh, players shall agree on whether the card or the appropriate token shall be controlling on which position the S-foils or whatever it is that you're switching one side to the other. Miniatures will not determine or have an impact on the board state. Uh, if agreement is reached, it is recommended that the player with such you know the player with the cards they write it like a lawyer uh anyway they recommend that the player with the card or with the ship that does that um place a written note face up with their upgrade cards and indicating what should control it uh players are expected to play in um in, in a not be a jerk manner now 
It is written very lawyerishly. Uh, so um, the, one of the judges is an actual lawyer, just so you <clears throat> like kind of is literally a lawyer. Yeah, um, one, one, one of them decided to be the wordsmith of this document. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like it's it's very Chat GPT lawyerish uh, uh, in in nature, but um. Yeah, the 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 I, I don't like that. You know, like you have to have like a post-it note saying like, "Oh, the ship controls it," or "Oh." But I, I get what they're doing. They're just trying to get rid of any ambiguity and and just make it clear. Uh, I, I don't like it, but um, I understand it. All right, keep it going. All right, so the simple question of what obstacles must I bring? Each player must include exactly three unique obstacles. Only asteroids, debris clouds, or gas clouds may be selected of their choice in their squad for placement. In step four, place obstacles of setup and must use the same obstacles for the duration of the event. A player may not select two of the same obstacles as part of their squad. Obstacles from epic and huge ship expansions are not permitted. Loose cargo, spare parts, or chaff clouds may only be used if the appropriate upgrade card is brought and only be played during the game. I guess, you know, we've been playing this game so long that, that I mean, I this is, for me, it's like a duh. Is this actually not in the rules? Clearly, I was listed wondering if it's like in not this way in the tournament regulation doc or something. It's it's not, and even going back to um, the last major, I forgot which it was, but one of the last major tournaments that mm -hmm. I played in, where somebody was putting their range three ruler to set their ship up because you're I'm, I'm allowed to use my ruler and and basically they were just lining up the the asteroid at range you know two and a half or whatever it was at. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but the judge said, well, that's allowed. They're just making it sure that people aren't like skirting the rules. It goes back to sportsmanship. It may not be in the rules, but you know, you, you know the way the rules are written and you know the intention, the intent behind the rule. Cool. All right, next one here. What components can I use to set up my ships? Ooh, contentious, contentious here. It says, after the place obstacle step. Wait, did uh, I jump on uh, in front? No, you're good. Uh, components, right? Yeah. Yeah. After the place obstacle step of setup, all game components other than the scenario feature markers and obstacles must remain within range one of the player's edge of the play area. Players can only use their range rulers and maneuver templates within range one of the player's edge to help them set up formations during deployment. Custom setup templates designed to aid players in ship deployment and other custom-made tools are not allowed. That that last part is copy-paste from what was in the rules before. But what what they're focusing in he, focusing in on here is you can't take your range three template and stick it into the middle of the board during setup. That's what they're saying. You can only do it within range one. That means if you have a range one stick, just use that. Um, and if you have a longer one, you have to pull it back. And make sure it stays within range one. Otherwise, your opponent could call the judge on you, right? Or be like, hey, can you please? Um, it's just important to make sure that you're doing that correctly. Because you do get a lot of information, right? 
I mean, if you're if you're allowed to do it, you're like, well, I'm just gonna make sure I don't hit this asteroid that's out there at range three. I want to measure this. I want to measure to this uh, objective and see exactly how far it is. Because X-wings players are smart. Like, if you have somebody, every piece of information that has an ability to be useful will be looked for by somebody. Absolutely, without a doubt. Now, what about our friend Aiden? We got some. We got some Aiden stuff here. All right. This says if Aiden Versio or a friendly Tie Fighter at range zero to one suffers multiple damage from a proxy mine or an asteroid, uh, I would add in also an attack. Uh, she, is she able to use her ability to stop one of that damage or all of it? Uh, this is a two-part answer. Aiden's ability can stop all damage from both proxy mine and asteroids. While damage is suffered individually, uh, it is clear that the intent of Aiden is to prevent damage suffered in logical groups such as this. So wait, what, what were people trying to do? What was well, the essentially, it, it, the, dif the difference is that, uh, as, as this said, that d damage is one at a time. Okay. Uh, so Aiden says prevent damage, but oh, people, there, prevent there are people who were trying them. to say like you roll three dice or two dice on a proximity mine. You're like, well, you you can block the first one, but not the other ones. Right. Well, what, what? is when when is that combined? Got is, it. Uh, is the is I guess the um, the answer that they're trying to provide is when are those grouped together? Mm -hmm. um, such as an asteroid, if you roll a hit and at suffer the automatic hit. Uh, so that's this is what they're clarifying that Aiden is outside of the rules uh, because of uh, what she, her, the intent of her ability. Uh, it goes on to say that for attacks where multiple damage is suffered as far as a group, Aiden has the opportunity to trigger ability before each separate damage is suffered and will prevent that damage and all remaining damage that is part of that group. Aiden can choose to suffer damage and use her ability to cancel all remaining damage. For example, if Aiden has two uncanceled crits showing while defending, she can choose to use her ability to cancel both critical damage or suffer one crit and then cancel the second. Uh, so this is, uh, if you've ever flown Aiden, this is the biggest question is, do you cancel two hits or do you cancel the two uncanceled crits or do you see if you can save it? Uh, maybe it'll be stun pilot and home breach or something. That mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Uh, so essentially what they're defining here is that if that first hit is, say, a direct hit, which now the second one would destroy <laughs> would <kill> you, you. <laughs> you can cancel that. I assume you can also cancel the hit that you suffered then, but that's an assumption from a direct hit that's not uh, clarified in this uh, example, but essentially, Aiden is weird uh, mm. and she requires special rules. Yeah, I mean, throughout most and the majority of the game, damage is pretty much ruled as treat each damage as individual when you mm. trigger effects. But knowing the intent of Aiden, which she would break that essentially if she was taken by the word of her ability and by the word of the rules of the game, she would only be able to cancel one damage. 
She's meant to be stronger than that. Much stronger. I, mean, right. I don't mind her not doing that, though. <laughs> she could just cancel one damage. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcel. All right, Dion. Uh, does transferring a lock token behave the same as transferring a lock? Uh, transferring a lock token will trigger a transfer a transfer of a lock. This results in breaking the original lock on the source ship, then acquiring a new lock on the ship token is being transferred to, ignoring range restrictions. So transferring a lock, if I'm reading this correctly, ignores range restrictions. If you, um, so for example, if, uh, I'm just trying to make sure that I understand this correctly. Uh, somebody's using, what is it, is it uh, Holdo or not Holdo, it's Andin or, uh, well, you're muted. Hollow and Hera are your transfer ships. Yeah, um, no, Hera, Hollow, but also the, you may transfer a lock that you don't have and you get one back that they do have. Emelyn Holdo. Emelyn Holdo. Holdo, yeah, gotcha. yes. Yeah, so Hollow, Holdo, Holdo and, and Holo. Hera. <laughs> so basically what they're saying is if I have an enemy lock on me and the enemy mm -hmm. is at range three, I can pass the lock to a ship that is outside of range of the ship that locked me so it doesn't require the range restrictions, right? Exactly. But it does require am, a lock, but it ignores range restrictions. Yeah. So, is, is there any other th element to that that this covers, or just that? Corn uh, horn, right yeah. now. Oh, good point. Oh, corn horn. Yeah. yeah double checking corn horn. Tran transfers locks to the defending ship. After you declare a defender of attack, if you have a lock on the defender, a friendly ship may transfer their lock token from you to the defender. Yeah. So, so th this is works this like um, if 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 you're trailing and you're not in range, you still get yeah. the lock. Yeah, so this is clarifying the difference between transfer and acquire. Correct? Is essentially well, what we're doing. I mean, the original exactly. question is is phrased as yeah. making sure that transferring a lock token is the same as transferring a lock there may have been um or like misunderstanding on the words when some stuff may have mentioned a lock token, token versus other just stuff a lock. may have mentioned a lock only fair fair okay that makes sense all right let's keep it going how does the quote point of destruction and excess damage done to separatist dirge get handled uh this probably hits uh, pilot specific I mean being that it is dirge separatist they're calling that out specifically uh, and it's it's a common pilot right now so mm -hmm. this is, people need to pay attention to this one and I think some people overreact a little bit in a certain separatist chat in our in a certain discord uh, <laughs> yesterday um, but so when a ship is destroyed as a result of an attack effects that trigger upon destruction are resolved during step six which is aftermath Outside of an attack, Dirge triggers when he has damage cards equal to its hull value, and then after triggering and resolving Dirge's effect, Dirge will suffer their main damage. So here's a really good example. Dirge gets proximined. He's at one health. Okay. He takes the one auto damage. That mm -hmm. kills him. He would then need to use his ability 
trigger his ability, resolve its effect, and then deal the remaining damage coming from the die roll of the Proxmite. So this this goes back to the suffering damage one at a time, right? Exactly. In the, it, this is specifically, though, dealing because of Dirge's ability and when effects like his ability would occur. The reason why it doesn't happen during an attack is because his ability and the type that it is is triggered during the aftermath, which is already after all the damage during attack is dealt. Mm. So during an attack, Dirge will still will basically be treated like he has been most people have been playing him i assume which is he you deal the damage to dirge oh it killed him it's the same as it's equal to its hull or it's one or two above or you overkill them with like five extra because of like direct hit fuelly craziness um after all that you could trigger dirge's ability um but when it's damage outside of an attack, it's damage done individually because there is no set spot for his trigger to happen other than when the damage would have brought his hull to zero. So, still treat dirge as you normally would, everyone, but only during attacks. Asteroids, bombs, etc., anything outside of an attack needs to be suffered as he needs to trigger his ability as soon as his hull reaches zero uh do tr uh resolve his entire ability and then deal the rest of the damage if there's any more awesome all right there we go we got that cleared up next one in the queue here is if scorch gains a stress token gains a stress and seven sister uses her ability to tractor scorch moving scorch so that scorch no longer has arc on the defender can scorch gain a stress to rotate and having the defender in arc again continue the attack or does the attack immediately end when scorch does not have the defender in the arc so this is asking how does that ability cue uh, for attacking end up getting resolved if, if for some reason in the whole rotunda of effects at some point you end up looking away from your opponent so the answer is if starts if if uh, Im if immediately before rolling the two dice during step 2a of an attack scorch has arc on the defender scorch may perform the attack so everything that comes before the actual roll attack step doesn't quote unquote matter unless it basically it makes it so that you are no longer pointing when you get to pointing at the enemy when you get to the actual rolling of dice if you have the, them in arc when it's time to roll dice then you're fine even if you did a full 360 because some crazy effect lets you do it you can you can loop de loop as much as you want all right do a little okay. hold it's fine all right i'm the slow one here so just help me out yep and i'm also the one flying scorch yep sure so so uh i run into set ship or a ship rain zero bumpy bump Pro probably a fair off with seven sister and i have no mods i have no stuffy stuff um i cannot i cannot actually actually that's probably a bad example but i take a that that's a bad example but that's, the whole point just, is just start with you take a string 
Just start with Scorch range one of Feroth. Yeah, let's do Scorch instead. Or yeah. So I take um if I if I take a stress, yep. does that mean that the dice or another example would be I'm at range one and then the effect would push me out to range two. So I would still keep the range one attack. Like I still keep the four dice. Uh, because yeah, no. your your attack was determined in the roll dice step, though. When you, yeah, that, when that, you that, measure that, I guess that's, that's what I'm saying. Because they're saying that you still get to attack and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to. Uh, you do, you. I take the stress to get the additional dice, which is a fourth die at range one. Um, Seven sister says, "Well, I'm going to convert that to a tractor beam, and I'm going to push you out to range two. What is what does uh how how is scorch actually worded? I'm trying to visually think about how if it's possible to have a shot at range one of fair off and then bear roll you well, to the, a place well, where you're well, ranged scorch, to scorch takes the, a stress and then when you gain a stress yeah you can, yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm the, just like so that I, this has been this has been answered that um it's it's easier to think about obstruction because you can bear roll and to and from obstruction that's just like the ranged bonus if it was obstructed when you declared the attack it's still obstructed when you're rolling the the attack no matter where you ended up after being tractored so if you're not obstructed and then you become obstructed it doesn't give it was the defender an additional dice no so basically was, whenever you that's my understanding and anyways, you take the stress whatever dice offensive and defense would happen you just continue with whatever dice pool was already said you know four so, versus one that's what's going to stay simple answer i would double check with the judges ask them that question because that wasn't specifically addressed here is if the range band changes yeah they didn't talk about the range they just said are you able to attack if at some point not, you look away yeah, yeah. Um, also, so when you deal with, I think when you're asking about Scorch's ability, Scorch has to take the stress to get that extra die. Seventh Sister is a replacement effect. Where right. So you wouldn't, Seventh you wouldn't Sister be, says, you wouldn't get that bonus die there. You wouldn't get the bonus die with Scorch's ability because your your ability to take that stress has been replaced by Seventh Sister giving you a jam or tractor beam. And so even if you take the stress by rotating yourself, that's not the stress for his ability. That's the stress to do from the tractor beam. Yeah, and that's because of the way it's worded. Seven Sister says, if an enemy at range zero to one would gain. So it's like, as that stress is about to be put on Scorch, it transforms into something else. Yeah, so he never got the stress to satisfy his ability. But I would definitely ask the question about the range band. If the range band changes from a tractor beam, what dice, what dice should you be using? The one at the before the tractor beam or after the tractor beam movement? If the range band changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I assume you do all the calculations and then do any triggers off of those. But uh, it's a weird situation. Long story short, don't stress yourself around seven <laughs> sister. That I mean, Stop. that's one way to solve don't it. Don't do for that. Sure. <laughs> don't do that. All righty. Uh, is that me? That, that's you. Look, Ooh. your name's even in the question. It's all right. We'll, we'll all cover this one together. Here we go. Strap in, everybody. Will calls me out. Intentional draws be allowed. And this is the answer that they have provided. 
Intentional draws will be allowed. They will be addressed at the players' meeting immediately before the start of the last chance qualifier and the world championship. Before discussing or even mentioning an intentional draw, the player must call a judge. Only after a judge is present can you discuss or offer an intentional draw to your opponent. A player shall not discuss the benefits of an intentional draw with their opponent and shall not offer any benefit for agreeing to the intentional draw. As a reminder, players are required to conduct themselves in a sportsmanlike manner. Now, let's touch on, let's go reverse order for just one second. The that last line is re required to conduct themselves in a sportsmanlike manner. I assume they're saying, do not pressure your opponent into doing something they do not want to do. Uh, do not be upset if they do not want to do that. Uh, a, going further than uh, discussing the essentially the benefits of. Uh, Essentially, you know, we, we both make day two or I'll get you a soda or whatever that might be. Right. Um, so so let, let's play it out. Let's play it out. Let's let's do a little role play. I am so I, I'm chomping at the bit here, but I promise everyone's going to be OK. No, I'm not <laughs> over here, okay, but I'm All right. At so it. Will and we'll I are see. paired. And I you have the judge. Okay, I've determined. I'm looking at. I'm, I I know where I am in the standings, and without saying anything to Will, I raise my hand and call judge. All right. I'm sure at this point Will's confused. Maybe, maybe he knows as well what I'm doing. But I I'm not, I haven't brought anything up, so I call him up and Ryan rolls up. Come galloping over. <laughs> Hi, hey, judge. I'm over here. Hi, Judge. I would like to offer my opponent an intentional draw. And this is the point at which Will determines yay or nay. And he can, he be, he can be given time to think about it, but there mm -hmm. can be no conversing between you two about why you should or should not intentional draw. He can make that decision on his own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Option B. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I, I could, I, I no can't hold back. Back. I can't hold back. Like, argh. okay, uh, it's in the pants. Okay, um, round ten. It is round ten. Yeah, yeah, it's round ten. Round I'm ten. Nine, Friday, uh, Saturday night. So day two world. Saturday night. I'm nine and zero. Oh. Yeah, profit. Yeah, on table table one, table sure. one, nine and zero. I'm like, oh, hello, Nathan. You're table one with me. You nine and zero. Okay, nice. Hand up. That's. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got that information first. Like, hey, you're nine and zero. Sure. The draw. And, oh, and, and, we draw. We're in. Okay, cool. All right. I mean, as long as you don't discuss. I didn't discuss it. I said I, I made yeah, a statement. Hey, no, you know what? Marcel, you know who that affects because you're the, you two are the only two 9-0 players likely in the entire event. Mm -hmm. It affects nobody. No, and it might affect it's... somebody because. Uh, well, no, or... no, it doesn't. Okay, we're 8-1. Okay, we're 8-1. Well, see, that's where it gets tricky. Yeah, yeah, we're 8-1. Hey, hi, hi, hi. 
So oh, hey, I'm eight one. How are you? Eight one. Oh, okay. I want That's to. Nice to uh, I want to preface this that Marcel is is on the right track of when this intentional draw is when, when does it become you're, colluding that's you're basically not, you're, like yeah yeah it's a real slippery slope there's no, there's no colluding in this intentional draws I'm, have happened in many other competitive get card games and board games and it have been totally fine right but when are you actually going to utilize this is i think what i want to make sure is clear and marcel's example of being undefeated last round of swiss that should guarantee you at the top eight because you will have no losses mm -hmm. uh now that's the question though marcel it's your eight and one uh you're on table four yeah you, cause, should cause that, you draw that goes down so far down because then at that point it becomes like maybe an, an additional seven and two player makes it uh, or maybe Let you, me give get, you... you eliminate all seven and twos by having a draw in there. You know, it, it gets like really, you know. So uh, let me give you the actual numbers, the projected estimates based on Swiss Triangle and the estimate of 196 players because there's 180 to there's 180 on sign up for Adepticon for the invited players and there was a minimum 16 that are going to come from the LCQ meaning 196 mm -hmm. 10 rounds of Swiss even though they're broken up five each day they take the total sum of everyone who plays between those two days granted some of those players get cut off to not play in day two because they're out of contention by how many points they've earned or not earned um, so based on 196 players, 10 rounds of Swiss, not factoring in any buys or other people who may have drawn, but these are the estimates. There's going to be maybe one 10 and 0 player. There's going to be about two nine and one players. There's going to be eight to nine, eight and two players. Okay. So you basically have to be eight and two or higher to have a chance at top eight. Okay. Eight one and one is higher than eight and two. Correct. Yes. But so if you're a player sitting at seven and two and you go for that win at eight and two versus someone else, two other players who were eight and one, or not eight and one, um nine and one. Oh yeah, it was yeah, eight and one, right? Eight and one, yeah, yeah you had yeah, it right, eight you're and right. One, they could go for an intentional draw if they wanted. Um that you know they that might automatically make, put them in depends on everything else shakes out those are just estimates right mm -hmm. so there's no the only guarantees is if you if you have a 10 or a 9 in your win column right mm -hmm. there's no yeah, guarantees no. if you have an 8 in your there's, win column because uh, if, 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 if everyone that's 8 and 1 goes does an intentional draw someone still might be left out true <laughs> well, that, but, that's but, the other but, thing too is that if a, you're that leaves you a possibility but if you're Eight and one going into the last one. Going seven and two, like guarantee, like there will be no seven and twos in the top eight. Very unlikely. Seven well, and three. I'm gonna. gonna, people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, eight, eight and two. two. Sorry, sorry, not seven and two. Eight and two. There will be no eight and twos in the top eight. Well, there, because there of, will be. It depends on how many people are do are gonna do intentional draws or not. I think there's gonna be enough intentional draws to not be a any eight and twos in the top now the, now the, now the, i don't the, want the this people to be who started seven the people who would have started yeah. that round at seven and two yeah i get it yeah. but um i will i don't want to get miss 
quoted here or misrepresented. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, I'm not against intentional draws. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you played your butt off for eight or nine rounds and, and you're at the top already, hey, uh, uh, get your draw, go get your beer early or go get your dinner early, go hang out, go to the pool. Uh, I, I recommend taking your clothes off before jumping in the pool. <laughs> but um, not all of them. Like at least like the outerwear, you know. Like, uh, but but anyway, like so I don't want it to 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 go. I was just bringing that up more of a devil's advocate mm-hmm. and a, a mm-hmm. and anything else. But no, I genuinely do not think there's anything wrong with intentional draws. I like no, and like I, if you worked if, your way uh, up and you already are eight no or nine and no and be like, hey, you know what? If I draw my last two, like if I'm eight oh and two, I make it in. Or if I if I am um, nine one and one, or actually that's impossible. If I make eight. one one, like I'm making it in. Right. Well, that, that's no exactly what who Baffle is asking in our chat. Will all eight one ones get no in the cut? And that no, because that's, that's going to come down. That's going to come down to SOS. That's going right. to if if you, you do know, not want to be the ninth person at eight one and one. Let that, me tell you that. Or the tenth, or the eleventh. However, yeah, many you do not want to be those people. It's so. going to come out to SOS, which will leave <sighs> yeah. some people SOL. Because as I said, <laughs> exactly. As, yeah, as I said, I would, in, in, by, by the I would numbers, say not risk it, but. there's going to be an expected eight to nine, eight and twos. That's where there's a top eight cut. So you have to cut two people out of that already. Right. So, I mean, I guess the the determination you have to make is you, you, you the information that you will have. You will know what your record is. You will know what your opponent record is. And assuming that we're, we're using some type of software, I'm pretty sure it's going to end up being roll better. You will know, you'll be able to see what the strength of schedule of your opponent is at, at compared to you and see where your strength of schedule is compared to everybody else if you're in contention for that top eight. That that is your determination. If somebody with a higher, a significantly higher SOS than you says, asked you for an intentional draw, and you have a low one, it probably behooves you to, to just play the game. Yeah, like, that, nope. That's when you say, "Well, I will agree. I will agree to intentionally beat you." <laughs> and you make sure you stare at him right in the eye when you say that. And shotgun a beer yeah. or whatever beverage yeah. you have with you. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, I I agree across the board. Yeah, intentional trusts are not bad. And Marcel wholeheartedly agree that, like, just, be, just because so, because because I, I saw some of this discussion uh, formulate throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And there just seems to be people just like poo-pooing people who don't play all their games. Like they've earned by winning a vast majority of their games early on in the event. Yeah, it's unfortunate someone else who may have lost one or two early on, but have called themselves back may not make it because they because it wasn't enough, even though they tried hard to to get it back into the the contention, right? Um, but you know what? You didn't get your W's. That's it's what like you need. the NFL. Like it, yeah. you, you win enough, you get that. You know, you get that bye week during the wild card. You know. <laughs> now I wanna, let's can I, let's can I, let's not let's not forget the world's main event top cut isn't the only thing you have to worry about, right? The LCQ is another situation where this could occur if people feel comfortable enough. They like 
because I don't know how public or known the amount of spots are going to be available. Because I think Chris has specifically said, I think I'd fly better or elsewhere. He is making that knowledge as limited as possible to limit the potential of people having advanced knowledge of how many spots are going to be available right. to earn to get the LCQ players in there. So, because if you know if you know the exact number, that's another spot where it might be advantageous to you, even if it's not to get into the top eight. Saying, well, maybe I want to take an intentional draw to guarantee that I am high enough ranked to get into the LCQ. Like that, that is uh, that's another spot. It could even happen. I was thinking about this. It could even happen. Um, Depending, okay, so I know we're playing three, uh, there's LCQ day, right? LCQ day, that's Thursday. Friday is our, like, the, the real tournament, the world championship starts. How many rounds is that first day again? Five. Five. And you have to have what record to move on, or you is it top? points. You need eight points. So okay. three wins, cause, or three wins, because a win is three points, mm -hmm. is nine. So that's automatically... If you're three, if you're three and two, mm -hmm. you're going to go from you're going to be able to participate in day two of worlds. If you're, let's see, I think it's one, like one win two, and two, two one draws. and two. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, two, that's, two, that's, two, 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 one is what it two, would be. One. Yeah, two wins, two draws, one loss. That will yeah. actually allow you in there too. <laughs> Sure. So I mean that's 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 another spot where intentional draws end up mattering, and I see uh, Lambolo, you know, great friend of the show. I will say, even though we're you know the top eight intentional draw is does not necessarily directly affect everybody as a player who's going to be there or uh, a significantly small group um it matters in the narrative of the event right so when we're streaming and stuff like that if somebody intentional draws people are gonna ask how did that happen there's gonna there's gonna be these questions so the more that we understand how to play that game at that high level the more of an understanding we all have and it's just it's a lot cleaner for for everyone that way when the right. time comes you go all right that makes sense here's, sure, here's one thing to keep in mind is yeah. even though there's a day one and a day two of the main event, mm -hmm. it's still a combined number. So I don't know how many people are going to try and intentionally draw just to make day two, unless there are specific day two prizes that people right. would like by just participating in it, knowing they're not even going to make the top eight cut. There might be. Wait, there wait, might wait, be wait. people you who just want to play. Two prizes. Being in day two. Playing. Oh, yeah. More like, games. Literally, you six across game. the world. Yeah to an event and you're like uh i get to play another day or you know, de demo yeah. shatterpoint or other games other stuff due to depthcon people who have True. been over here can go go see the city but some people just want to play i think sure sure know? sure i think there's side events too though but i think yeah. a, a majority of the variety are on sunday right all right all right, so I know that's going to be one that, that that we'll talk about quite a bit on the broadcast. But uh, for now, we will leave that to rest as we continue here to our next point. Marcel. Oh, God, I talked so much on the last one. I forgot it was me. Okay, <laughs> can I remove charge tokens, standard charges, four charges, shields, or am I required to flip them over when they become inactive? Uh, I'm not going to read that whole thing. Basically, you just got to flip them. Uh, they don't want any ambiguity. So if you remove it, there's going to be some question of maybe it dropped, maybe it 
maybe it flipped uh, or maybe you forgot to set it out, whatever. Uh, so all your tokens on the table and all your tokens facing the direction that, or being on the side that they're supposed to be on, um, which I know is a struggle for some of us, but you know, it, it makes sense. Again, little ambiguity, as little ambiguity as possible, I guess was what I was supposed to say. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's talk a bit about dice rolling expectations because uh, everybody loves to talk about dice, right, Ryan? Correct type of dice discussions I will say okay to. <laughs> I'm okay with dice stats. It's, people think I'm against it. I'm okay with it. You just got to look at them the right way. With both eyes, unless you only have one eye. Then both eyes and a fancy calculator. Go, go for um, it, Ryan. So dice rolling expectations. Number one, dice trays and dice towers. Dice trays and dice towers are, are not required. But unless there is an agreement among the players, a die that lands outside the tray or the tower, or wherever it rolls out into from the tower, must be re-rolled. So this is, this is standard. But by now, if you're in the G, if you have watched GSP at all, you know, like this is this is how we do it. Yeah. Like, funny thing is for me, I generally like I have a dice tray, but I tell my opponent, I say, as long as it doesn't go on the floor, like I'm not gonna re-roll it just because it went out of the tray. It's yeah. Because I, I just want to keep the game moving. I don't want to like, oh, it fell out and it's on the table. Like I just want to. Mm -hmm. I, I have the tray to help, but if it pops out, I, like I try to tell my opponent, like, yeah, it's it's just still the roll anyway. But by default. Under these rules, if you say nothing to your opponent and there's no agreed upon thing, if you roll in a dice tower or you roll in a dice tray, if it lands outside of it, you better roll it back in there again. All right, for uh, number two, cocked dice. A die that is cocked must be re-rolled. A die is cocked if it is not flat on one surface. Before re-rolling a cocked die, ensure that both players agree that it is cocked. If there is a disagreement, call a judge. Stacking or balancing dice should not be used as a method to determine if a die is cocked. So, I, I've seen this interaction actually occur before. Yep. Just so, <laughs> <laughs> we've been there. Mm -hmm. um, a die has been rolled. It's just on the edge of a card of a or a thick plastic card or mm -hmm. a token or just the edge of the little felt on to the table where the mat and the table meet it's probably going to be that result but it's a cocked die one player says i this this needs to be ruled it's a cocked die the other player says no it doesn't it could be the roller or the or the not rolling player it doesn't matter and then someone goes to try and call a judge, and the next person goes, no, 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 look, 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 and just, like, starts to try and balance the die. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Just let the judge make a decision, and then no one's the bad guy. Look, judges will make decisions. They're okay being the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Don't don't do anything about them being, quote, the bad guy. You're supposed to accept their ruling and move on like they made the decision, and you don't have to worry about being angry at each other for it being players playing the game. 
Yeah. And if you're wondering, as we continue to hit these, why, especially if you're newer to the community, maybe this is your first, you know, miniatures game, first worlds coming up. Um, there's so much debate when it comes to dice and by creating some cut and dry rules it takes away awkward moments because i have seen literally everything that's here happen and the reality is while 99 percent of people aren't trying to take advantage of you we have seen people try to use ambiguity within rules to their advantage uh, sim especially with the, you know, like, oh, this is a cocked die or isn't. Like, oh, it's a, you know, if you needed a crit, oh, that's obviously not cocked versus it's a blank. Oh, that's cocked. You know, there's, and even if it ends up landing in the, the exact same way. Um, Did they say salvage mission or a chance engagement? I don't know. I couldn't really hear. <laughs> Ambiguity. <laughs> if you play the wrong scenario at Worlds, there was a judge call that you missed a long time ago. DQ. Keep it going. Uh, I'll get the I'll get the third one, then I'll pass it off to probably Will. Uh, number three, other dice that must be re-rolled. A die that lands off the table or accidentally falls out of your hand, or dice cup while shaking them must be re-rolled. So, again, we've seen this. Um, we've seen everything from it fell off the table. Person runs over, sees the result, is happy with said result, and says, "Look, it's this." No. <laughs> got to be on the table uh also seen this part number two um whether dice roll in the hand or in the cup right one trickles out and lands and just is about to roll the rest and it looks like it's 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 gonna be a good one as as it slowly comes to a halt and they're like oh, i'm gonna roll the rest because that's what the result i wanted no pick that one die up and re-roll it with the rest of it. no game in the system people but i wanna <laughs> Too bad. All right, we got two more here when it comes to uh, dice rolling expectations. Will? Uh, should have had Marcel read this one. Players are encouraged to maintain a player <laughs> area of clear components not currently in use and make an effort to roll dice in a way that will not interfere with the game state. Players should make an effect that... Uh, that the results of the roll will be clearly visible to both players. Do not pick up or remove dice results until they have been resolved to the satisfaction of both players. Uh, keep your templates off the board. If you got extra dice you rolled last uh, round, move them out of the way. You, you mean Get I shouldn't them. roll my dice into my dice? Yeah, don't roll the dice into your dice. Don't roll them <laughs> into... Uh, the traffic jam at the center of the board. Chuck them at the ships on the table. Yeah. Uh, I would think we all uh, have to be on our best behavior. It is compact at Worlds. If you've never been to a tournament or uh, are not familiar with the convention play, uh, you are not necessarily shoulder to shoulder because we get about three feet, four feet or so. Um, but uh, very much limited space, so be courteous of not only your opponent, but those around you as well. I think the, the other part to that also just make sure that, as I said, do not pick up or remove dice results until they have been resolved or understood and viewed by both players so mm -hmm. don't roll and go oh i rolled two of eights and pick them up and swipe them away the yep. opponent couldn't see because this is what the opponent should do it says i didn't see it i need you to roll again 
Yeah. Especially then, then you we look, got some. Then you either look defeated or you look caught. One of the two. Yeah. Especially yeah. we got some hyperactive players out there who are just chucking blah 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 and just grab it. <laughs> no, no, no. Make sure people see. Get some confirmation first. Mm-hmm. All right. Then the last one of the expectations. It looks like. Uh, I don't. We got a couple more. No, this is number five. Number five. I'll take the the last two after this one. Okay, sounds great. Uh, If a player rolls too many dice, the player must pick up all of those dice and roll the correct number. Uh, If the player rolls too few dice, the player must leave the roll intact and roll the required number of additional dice, adding the new results to the original roll. So you need to roll two dice, but you rolled three blanks. No, 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 no. It, just because they're all the same doesn't mean the first two would have been blanks. Pick them up, re-roll the correct amount. Uh, then same thing. You're supposed to roll two dice. You only rolled for one. You don't need to pick that up. Just roll until you meet the correct amount. Uh, this is uh, just needs to be stated to keep it consistent. Um, Consistency is key for for most of this. All right, the last two points here. When a player is instructed to re-roll a number of dice, that player must choose all of the dice that are being re-rolled before re-rolling any. So you can't just, like, pick one up, re-roll, pick another one up, re-roll. You got to do them at the same time. So I will say this, just just in, so there's, there's, again, no ambiguity. If you happen to be flying, let's say... Vader is a ship that is capable, that has Lone Wolf, or you have a ship with M98 and fire control system, you can roll one and then roll the other because you are being instructed at different timings of when to roll. So Lone Mm -hmm. Wolf, you're being instructed, you re-roll your one. Fire control system, you're being instructed, you re-roll your other. Um, So it's... So those are, you are allowed to do it in those type of situations where there's different triggers that trigger different rerolls for different reasons. But let's say, for example, if you are a ship that has Predator equipped and has Bullseye, but it also has a target lock from a prior turn stored up on that enemy ship that you're targeting, it's not, this is what you don't do. You don't do, pick up one of the dies you're considering rerolling and and reroll it and say like oh that and just be like oh no i'm grabbing the other one to my target lock because the other one didn't get what you wanted with the predator reroll right so you must denote how you're modifying what is it can, can't you say well first i'm going to reroll my predator i don't like my predator so now i'm going to spend my target lock on so, the two that i didn't spend may have worded that incorrectly but basically you don't you're not trying to use it to, to skip out on not using one or choosing later to use the other is my point mm-hmm. So, um, basically, you need to be up up front with your and, and up front with your opponent, or they need to be up front with you. Say exactly how they're modifying it, and you must follow the rules of how that modify has to go with rerolling purposes. And last but not least, point number seven: purposeful manipulation of the dice in an attempt to roll them in a way that creates a specific desired outcome is considered unsporting contact. Don't. Try to manipulate the dice. Don't do weird stuff. 
But yeah, I mean, those are all pretty clear expectations. Now, on this document, we also have um, some updated world-specific uh, rules for Aces High. Um, I think we'll go ahead and we'll hit that next week because I want to go ahead and um, I want to go ahead and hit our boogeyman of the week. But those are the rules that are specifically added as an addendum for the World Championship. So make sure that you are ready to go all right so my friends our boogeyman of the week is one Kanan Jarrus in the Hawk 290 will can you remind me what that ship does and why it makes people cry uh, yes I can uh, so Kanan uh, asks, uh, when a ship is declared the defender, uh, they can, uh, if it's either Kanan themselves, now this is a scum hawk, uh, there's a Kanan ghost, uh, but that's not what we're talking about. Kanan hawk, either when you declare Kanan as the defender or uh, one of uh, a ship in Kanan's turret arc, uh, he can spend a force charge and reduce your rolled attack dice onto uh, those defenders. Um, it's uh, you would think with his single force point, this would be something he could do only once per round. Um, but with the uh, current loadout of Maul being able to give him an extra force point, and if he ever takes damage, he can take a stress to recover a force point. Uh, he can do it uh, up to two times, even three or four times uh, throughout a single round. It's so good. So I guess some people may be wondering or curious, why would a hawk, like this Cain and Jarrus hawk, be a boogie? What makes this so concerning that we have it as a boogeyman of the week? It's not, we just got done talking about Anakin and this Anakin Skywalker in Republic, predominantly 7B. We got done talking about it the week before when it was Darth Vader and all the permutations he has with Defender and X1 and Yavin versions. This, this ship doesn't. This ship doesn't do damage like those ships, or doesn't move around like those ships. It's just a hawk at I three. What's the big deal, Marcel? How does how does Kanan Jarrus affect the board state for someone who's played it? He's a jerk. He does not follow <laughs> the uh, TO guidelines by being a good sportsman. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Sorry, Kanan. You're getting ruled. Instead of the lost Padawan, it's the unsportsmanlike Padawan. <laughs> yeah, so he's usually being paired up with two ships that are already being um, extremely difficult to kill. It's typically Boba Fett plus another... Um, uh, six or some uh, actually if it's Boba, it would be another six seven point ship um yesterday i played against one that was dengar but sometimes you get like a you know a a gauntlet or you might get another fire spray so double fire spray but either way it's usually a two it's a three ship list and two ships that are almost impossible to kill not impossible but it's it's very difficult to kill and then on top of that you get to uh reduce the amount of dice that are coming at those ships to begin with um and then if you decide to turn and say well i don't like this i'm just gonna kill kanan well kanan can reduce the dice that are coming at him 
in almost perpetuity because every time that he takes a damage, uh, if you're rolling at him with three dice, he's going to roll two agility. That's how you get the full um, string of two because he lowered you by one. If you happen to not roll a um, an evade, let's say you roll like a, even if you roll like a focus blank mm -hmm. and you spend your force to do it then you're just going to get a stress and get the force back so anyway it's, it's a pain in the butt to kill him unless you could throw uh f you know five dice or four dice at him consistently so that you're rolling a lot um, more than he can bring down it's crazy um, to think that this like you could end up spending like six to eight attacks trying to take down this hawk yeah yeah because it's just like we've seen it's, that it's, happen if not more and and yeah, and if you're trying to kill it with like Tie Fighters and stuff like that, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, yeah, and and if you're trying to do, um, so it's typically a thing where if you shoot him, it's a bad idea because he's just gonna keep regenerating that force to keep lowering your number of attack dice that are coming at him. Um, or because that stress penalty from Maul doesn't do anything like, in, in really the sense matter, of using yeah. the being able to use that ability. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the only thing that matters is it, it prevents them from boosting and rotating the arc. But, you know, most of the time people that have flown Kanan enough kind of expect that already. And then um, the, the other choice is to shoot two, one of two other ships that are typically very fast, are typically very difficult to kill anyway. Like, again, Boba Fett and a gauntlet. Um, and you're going to take three, four rounds shooting at it, but with Kanan around, it's going to take you six, seven rounds shooting at it versus three, four rounds, uh, which games don't go seven rounds. Um, it, it, it just becomes a real, real pain in the butt. And um, we'll talk about ways to mitigate that in a minute, but it's just it just becomes really frustrating. Um, you know, if you have six or seven ships, you can burn and and all six or seven ships tend to be facing the ship that you want to shoot mm -hmm. uh you might have some success <laughs> and, and look but listen to what you might, have to say but, might but, <laughs> yeah because then two of your ships will be shooting less and then again the ships that it's usually paired with it will either have a reinforce with two agility up that be in the gauntlet or Rerolls, focus, force, me and Boba. Uh, and then if you don't kill it in that one turn, you'll probably not see that ship again for uh, another few rounds to be able to try again. So it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very annoying list. Uh, there are ways to mitigate it. There are ways to beat it. Um, you just... Uh, like we were talking about with Vader and Anakin, you just need to have a plan. You need to put some reps against it, against somebody who knows how to use it, not just against it. Mm -hmm. And have a plan of, if I run against this, what what's my target priority? And what's the, the math behind it? Yeah, I think one of the things to watch out for is, is looking at what the path for the Hawk is because where I have seen people mess up is th if they set up in the middle 
and they end up getting flanked where either Kanan has to make a choice of choosing who to protect from the two um, the two the pair the two ships that it's paired with um, just gives you an opportunity to especially if it stressed itself and now doesn't have the opportunity to rotate you now have a clear path right, okay this is I'm going to have X number of turns where Kanan will not be able to be used on this other ship. It's time to to go to town on that other ship. Um, and hopefully you have crit uh, generation in your list because that definitely helps. Because usually Kanan's rolling with two uh, chunky other ships, a gauntlet and uh, usually a fire spray as well. Yeah, so watch out for Kanan. He will, he will bully. He will bully. Is there, have we seen Kanan get paired with anything else other than essentially Rook and Boba Fett? Are we seeing it? Or I, play, I saw him with Dengar. It was Boba and Dengar yesterday, which was... Um, Dengar can be scary. Yeah, it was very scary because he had... Dengar had uh, overtuned, had uh, proton torpedoes, and then had... Just just had a number of toys that, that made... Oh, Notorious, so if you shoot mm -hmm. him, then the, re the revenge shot will be modded with Notorious. Uh, so he, it was, it was, it was very um, scary lining up for the match. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, I, I won the match 20 to 2. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> that's, one, but, that's one way to do but it. But the, the, uh, well, two things. One of them is I, I got lucky that it was the um it was a scenario um, that favored you yeah it was a scenario that that it was a salvage and that you know favors six ships or three ships or starters but two is, is again just understand um like where your where your opportunities are um and it, it was he he lined up with kanan in the middle Arc facing Boba Fett, and then Dengar on the other side not being protected. Um, but again, usually like the um, Notorious and the Revenge Shot will be, and then the Proton Torpedo with Overtuned will be a um, um, this uh, this what do you call it? The opposite of incentive, uh, decentivizer, whatever. Disincentivized. There yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Like, don't shoot at me because I'm gonna kill you. Um, it just happened that by luck, I ended up choosing the correct path that he was going, so he never got his lock. And then um, I was I was able to tractor Kanan into a proton torpedo, not, pro not proton rocket, that just happened to like basically one shot him again mm -hmm. those are all luck and that was luck what was not luck is uh fainting shots at boba fett who everybody came at boba fett minus um gaelic and one of the um one of the whispers just so he can burn the force on boba fett so that i can go ahead and target um him target kanan later without like the less thing but again that that's more of um i would more than me saying that i made good i, I think it was more of the the opponent not approaching the match correctly because 
in in all reality, he should have been. He should have put Kanan where the Ark was covering both ships. Like you don't want to set up Kanan and your heavy hitters on the opposite ends because, to your point, Theon, you have to mm -hmm. then make a choice. Like, yep. am I going to protect that guy or am I going to protect that guy? And as soon as they've made um, that choice, you you now have a path, right? You have you 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 got to take yeah. advantage. Press it. Yeah. Um, correct. So there 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 are other other people that people pair him with another one would be like even i think we, mm -hmm. we haven't seen even a lot or cast Scarlet. Kashka. yeah is it scarlet or kashka it's mostly kashka frost yeah, yeah. it's the one so she's got mobile light ability things stress lets her reroll. okay and then even obviously throwing bombs in everywhere behind um and as far as how to approach it again it's just um it's really just figuring out, you know, if you can kill Kanan, great, but figuring out who's going to do the most damage to you and playing kind of that cat and mouse game of, of um, fainting aggression mm -hmm. while focusing on objectives, if that makes any sense. Now, I'm gonna get you. Actually, I won't take these points over here, but yeah, I'm gonna yeah, get like, you. Like, yeah. like I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm coming here, and I'm going to force you to position yourself to get ready for a barrage. But, but ultimately, what you're doing is you're trying to set yourself up to um, have your numbers get the objectives and get the benefit on them i don't know if uh, will and ryan you guys you know you played against this type of list and you guys have like specific strategies or specific tactics that you guys try to employ to uh normally uh I, I like the way that you described the feint of that being like i'm i'm willing to throw all my ships at you canaan so you better leave i better stop protecting your friends and then either <laughs> turn on him uh, with full aggression or he might turn away and you could focus on uh, somebody who's not protecting. Um, but yeah, that, I think that my go-to, it's more so the type of list than Kanan. Kanan is focusing on those two other ships most of the time, maybe three ship or maybe like a, a four ship build, but normally just two. Um, that kind of uh, forcing them to be together, forcing them to stay within those range bands, you can exploit that for objectives. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe force them to overreach, maybe get away from Kanan to go for an objective that you're contesting. That could be a way to negate those effects um, uh, against that style of list. Um, I think that... Um, a lot of these boogeyman, uh, if you if you don't think you can kill it, you're gonna have to go for objectives. Then there's only one other option. If you, <laughs> I forgot who I heard say it, but essentially uh, they were saying if you in a game with Kanan have shot all three ships within that list, you've probably lost the game. If if you if you spread your damage out that much, um, or your opportunities for shots, so you gotta you gotta make a choice. So yeah, Kanan, big boogie. We'll see uh, if Kanan ends up placing. Wait, 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 wait. Before you, I, I'm I, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. No, because I, I heard like segue coming. 
I'm trying to stop the segue. Um, I, I want to know from Ryan, like, like what his um, approach or or when he sees these this three ship Canaan lists. So, <clears throat> always ass generally assuming that it's Boba Canaan plus a thing, um, which ninety ninety five percent of the time it is. Um, that other seven point ship, no matter what it is. Um, Kanan has two force, right? As we all greatly described over and over and how it's very, very good and he can get it back himself if he, things go after him. Kanan's normally in the back line, helping protect and space himself away because he just needs his friends in park. So all the way out to range three, doesn't matter. Um, you need to put the pressure on that seven point ship. Um, unless... Boba leaves himself hanging dry at range two and not range one of you, like he doesn't have his ability on, and he's not getting help from Kanan. Unless you can make sure that that happens. Because um, not only would you have to make sure that happens, you'd have to, unless it's chance engagement to get the half points, which is when that's when I would look at Boba. Half points on Boba matters. You can get that. Uh, but getting all of Boba is extremely hard. Uh, so. The easier attempt is to get the other seven point ship, which it's a seven point ship. That's a lot of points. That is worth putting time into. And it's not Boba. And its defense generally is either is either uh, majorly increased by Kanan. And when Kanan doesn't have enough force to mitigate all the shots, sure, first round of combat, it's not going to be a good look. Two year shots that are going to matter are going to matter a little less. Uh, but the rounds thereafter, it's only going to provide one extra each round. Um, and that's not enough to keep that seven-point ship alive the entire game, as long as you consistently you know, put arcs on it and just throw red dice at it. Yes, there's two schools of uh, ship, t ship types, I would say, kind of three now, that uh, exist in that seven-point slot. You either have the Rook cast, the... You can find me and shoot me, but I am durable. I have a reinforce. I have two agility. I have the child, which basically is two force with hate and not can't get it back every turn on its own. But if you're reinforced because of Mando, you do get a force back now. So it actually acts like more real force. If you don't get shot. Um, and then, but you're also, like I said, you're, you're just a gauntlet. You're big. You're going to be shot. There's a lot of guns that can get on you. You can't boost away. You can't barrel roll. Your dial is moderately predictable. Other than the times, you have the opportunity to stop or not stop. That's kind of the one trick that it has. The other side of the spectrum is the fire sprays, Iman and Kashka. You have to make sure that you can still keep guns on that target because that ship can just decide to leave while still shooting you with its rear arc mm -hmm. or throwing bombs at you. Like, you want to chase me? You're going to have to go That's through fine. these bombs and rear arc shots, which I've seen more people start putting the Marauder title on that seven point ship, not Boba, because Boba gets his rerolls already. So better for that ship to be able to leave. Plus that ship probably has or should have Notorious, making it a dissuading reason to keep trying to shoot it because it's going to strain you and make its shots back hurt because those fire sprays are I-3 or 4, so they will shoot later. Um, and then there's been this slightly new wrinkle that's emerged a little bit, that Dengar. Um, it's probably going to die, but man, is it going to throw <laughs> some haymakers before the it goes. Burn the world down with it. 
Yeah, it's and it that can be scary too. Like it's shooting at I six, it gets it always gets to shoot back at you as long as you are shooting within its arc. So that's the one mitigating factor. It's a jump master. Besides its barrel roll, you should be able to find ways to get around it to shoot it. But you're gonna take some licks trying to get there. That's for sure with your list. Um, now, have you guys seen any, or is there any? Um... Four three combos to to go with the bulba instead of that. Yes, to do bulba cannon and then like a four three instead of just a stationary target like a gauntlet. Um, not, yeah, I mean, you, you get four three three agility ships that keep you know Sarasu and something else. Uh, that's as defensive. Like Sarasu plus another three agility ship is almost as defensive as as a gauntlet or something like that, but it They're gives defensive, you more options. But they don't output the damage. Like, that that becomes a list that Boba's the only reliable damage dealer event is the problem, I think. Um, I've seen people not use Boba and go with, like, a Kanan, a Manaru, a Mando, and Dirge. Right? You Instead of the nine, you keep your seven and your four, and then you have a five and a four left over. Nine points basically swaps down to those. They don't they're not as common right now, but they might exist. There's no doubt. I mean, Bosk is still pretty dangerous as the seven pointer too. Um, but I, I think one trick I've started to employ a little bit is how I can use the objectives to maybe because in those Boba Canaan lists, those fire sprays Fire, sp fire spray or sprays or whatever the other seven point ship is as long as it's not assault or chance if it's if it's scramble or crate they want to be able to have Kanan interact like pick up a crate they want Kanan to pick up a crate they want Kanan to pick up their side's scramble objective if possible or whatever right so that the other two ships can go and, and bring the firepower and focus on their actions being done for damaging purposes Mm -hmm. um, in salvage or in scramble I found it beneficial to actually when I get to put the objective on their side of the board I'm putting it deep center in their deployment all the way back what that can do is force my opponent to decide especially in scramble because there's only one you get on either side Right? is Kanan going to hang back and do that objective while oh, maybe okay. limiting how far forward those offensive ships can go without Kanan help. Even if they figure that out in turn one, can Kanan keep up after that in the successive turns as those ships start speeding forward, trying to be aggressive? I like that, Ryan, because that that basically by it forces your opponent to consider for another turn where they're going to end up being going. Yeah, are they going to slow up their offense with their two other ships to, to let Kanan do his thing and then follow through afterward, but giving you objective advantages on your side of the board? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to let Kanan hang back and the other ships move forward? Or uh, it's, it's, it's something that's not easy to manage that you could put on your opponent to do and say, hey, especially in Scramble, mm -hmm. salvage a little different because they get to put one down and you get to put one down on their side. So they may choose which one they want to go after. They may choose the one that's farther forward that they put down. But that's where you could put some obstacles around. I, I think whatever whatever um, 
objective you believe Kanan wants to go after to get the one thing start ticking, whether it's the crate or the salvage button, sprinkle some obstacles around that on the path he's going to take likely out of it. Limit where he could go. Limit where he can land and still do that objective action. And then he's got to find his way out to keep up with his friends to help his to help the benefit in, uh, continue throughout the game. Because especially with Boba, or if it's double fire spray, those ships want to move fast and get in your face to stop their opponent from getting easy objective actions. Okay, just to summarize, um, I heard a call to ban Kanan. Is that? <laughs> I mean, I'm good for that too. That might be our last resort. <laughs> Awesome. Well, with that, my friends, Kanan will be on uh, on the prowl at Worlds, and we'll find out whether or not um, Kanan ends up being victorious. Here's my question. Uh, Kanan in the top eight, yes or no? And if so, how many? Marcel's saying no. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say of, uh, seven and three Canids. I'll put it that way. Oh, there's okay. going to be a lot, but um, I think there's, there's, uh, they, they have a lot of, so some of the objective play puts them at, puts them at a severe disadvantage. Yeah, I'm going to go none in the top eight, but yeah, I think there could be a solid amount of them that make day two but can't survive the full Swiss gauntlet of scenario differences and players that might understand how to play against it better on that top end once they get to date. And I'm kept out of cover. I'm calling one. I'm calling. I'm calling one. Uh, one. One. Cam I'm Murray. Myself, <laughs> I'm going to go one further with Baffle here and say one intentionally draws into the cut. <laughs> Canaan way. There it is. <laughs> I use my ability. Your peace. <laughs> we shall persevere. All right. Love it. Love it. Well, I. You know what? I would like to take a few minutes if you guys would like to talk about Mando. Uh, but we'll give anybody who's listening or watching an opportunity to walk away. Get out. If you would like, because we're about to talk about Mandalorian season three. <sighs> Episode one, starting in three, two, one. I I like squealed when Grogu hugged the the, the Anzellans. I just I I had so much joy in my body. It was ridiculous. Oh, you want to, you want to know what the one joy that I was I was actually very surprised that Sarah responded to. Ah. Uh. Whales! Oh my yeah, the, the the purgles, yes. Purgles. purgles. Devin, like, Devin oh went. It's the whales from Rebels. I'm like, oh my god, it's the purgle, yeah. Yeah, Devin went. What? <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, I was like, I was like, remember I told you about X Y? She's like, oh. Yeah. But I mean, they're kind yeah, of extra dimension they travel through. There's whales that live there. Yeah. Actually. Oh, they, oh, that's what you guys are talking about when they were going through hyperspace. Hyperspace, yeah. and there was like this, yeah. like. Yeah, what is it? Huge. What they're like, what? They're, they're, they're whales. They're all purgle, whales. but they're basically space whales. Yeah. yeah. No, hyperspace That's how they, whales. Hyperspace. Yeah, they can travel to the dimension of hyperspace, and that's how they 
we are just rep we like as if i'm in star wars uh it's, <laughs> the people are replicating what they can do with technology but they can do it naturally you you want to know what the biggest discussion was between kayla and i for episode one hmm. and uh it's probably the dumbest thing to some of you but it's like the actually not to the own the own could probably relate uh especially today is how much of a downgrade it is from his original ship to what he's flying now mm. and like where's the bathroom <laughs> where are you going to sleep i'm telling you don't like his i know gonna like, filter, like, right? like yeah you know sometimes you feel like you can't make it <laughs> You know, like, well, that's that's why uh, he he's got some Pepsi bottles. He doesn't in have there, the room, like... <laughs> but the ship's faster now, so he can get where he needs to. This is, this is true. I got oh. I gotta go to the bathroom. We landed I mean, now. <laughs> I mean, like, the gas pages are getting some usage there. <laughs> so he did start out as a series with Razor Crest as a bounty hunter. He needed all that space for his guns, his toys, people frozen in carbonite, all that stuff, right? But, I mean, he's pretty much not bounty hunting anymore. No, he, but, I mean, He is on, officially, like, like, moved on to being the Mandalorian at this point. Like, no longer... Uh, even when um, Book of Boiler... <laughs> Book of Boiler... <laughs> Book, Book of, of Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Fett spoilers uh, as well. Uh, but he didn't really do any bounty hunting for Boba. He kind of just helped him make sure that... Uh, Mos Espa was cool or whatever. Uh, then he, him and Grogu just took off afterwards. Uh, so like, he hasn't really been doing bounty hunt. I don't think he really has a a need for it anymore. Uh, for wait, wait, did you say he doesn't need, have a need to go to the bathroom anymore? No, well, bounty hunting the, to bounty hunt. He doesn't need that bigger ship anymore. He's uh, reducing down. I don't know. I just know there's some cleanup happening. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this. Uh, do you think uh, Grogu uses like a litter box or something in the back of the <laughs> He's small ship? enough. He's small enough. You can figure it out. <laughs> he's a baby. <laughs> Come on. Like, he's got to go so more. So it's a diaper? He's got a diaper. It's, it's a diaper. He's probably okay. a diaper, yeah. It's yeah. Okay. a diaper. He's also like 50 plus some years old. How do we like, sure he acts and sounds we, we like know. a baby, but like, I don't know how far, I don't know. This is true. This is true. Yeah, so um you know, my my favorite thing about the episode is just it kind of sets us up to get ready for the rest. Like there was there was nothing, you know, we had a little shootout with the with the pirates that to to remind you like, "Hey, remember, Mando is he's got moves. Don't forget." We're probably going to get uh, it set up some some possible drama with IG-11. Um Space whales get set up for Ahsoka. Maybe I mean, new ships oh. for X-wing. Maybe. Yeah, there's. Oh uh, the, yeah, the, the pirates. The, the Davy Jones. Uh, Creel. Swamp, Swamp thing, space pirate. Swamp thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I forget his exact name now, but Vane was his lieutenant or whatever. That was like and, pirates uh, of the Caribbean. Bike I know. They, they, right. We gotta we gotta get him in a scene to actually like sit that dude down and get a good look at him because yeah, he is all swampy. Uh, but yeah, that oh well, man, Gorian that scene. Shard is the shard. Yeah. That Gorian was the Shard scene. is the pirate. That main pirate. Scene. 
uh, yeah, he's awesome. I hope that there's a bunch more space uh, shootouts with pirates. That would be fantastic. So, what? Uh, two two questions, because one of them was the um, topic that the internet was talking talking about that I honestly didn't care about, and then um, which what? was like how they just wrote off in one line uh, Gina Carano. Oh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, like that's a, I I honestly didn't care about. It. I was like, <laughs> okay, she went off. She got it. She got recruited. Good for her. Yep. Um, the other one was uh, Polkatan, like. Oh, look at that. so sassy. She's salty. She's salty. Like, I thought she was like all oh, gun home like, and stuff. Wave, like, wave so, your sword around at the. Oh, man. She's, she's like so, so salty. Uninterested. But I mean, yeah, the dialogue. She's, she's she, she said, I tried to lead everybody, and they were like, no, forget you. You don't got the Darksaber. Bye. That's why yeah, she's no. depressed. Yeah. But she's just like uninterested. Like she's like, not uninterested, dude. She's upset. She's she's done. She's burnt out. She spent uh, up until this yeah, point well, her adult see. life. Well, she spent you, her you, time you know, you know that trying to come. Someone may get in that like you can tell they're angry, but they're just being passive aggressive about it the whole time because they're past being angry like in an out in an out outward way. Mm -hmm. You can tell that they're like they're on edge, but they're like you know what. I'm just gonna be passive aggressive about all this. So can I can I ask you guys? I uh, like talking about this uh, Bogotan. So uh, right now there's um, whatever spiders or uh, radioactive mutants or whatever that's in the mines that Mando's got to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but what are the other antagonists for this season? We have Shard, sure, right. Mm -hmm. Is Bo-Katan going to be an antagonist, potentially I, trying to get the saber back from Mando? I think so. I, I think uh, – here's my prediction. My prediction is he'll get to the mines. He will have redeemed himself in his eyes, right, uh, and probably fought some cool things down there. On the way out, you, you, you find just like a completely just like – I'm done with you. You really took it this far to because you you believe this cult, right? Because essentially they call them a cult. The the not Death Watch. What is it? Um, I forget. You're talking about the, the armors. Yeah, the armors. That that group uh, they, of, of bandos. I don't know if I mean, they have. Like, did refer to them as people of the Death Watch. Oh, uh, maybe maybe that's what it is. But man, like. True. Like, well, I, it's House Vizsla is still like part of it, so. Mm -hmm. So I think I think at around that point, like mid season, we're gonna get like a I challenge you for the dark saber fight for sure. It's gotta happen, and we still have to mm -hmm. deal. If you remember in season two, or was it season two, or was it that random Mandalorian mean, episode I, I think in, in Boba Fett, Boba Fett episodes, right? yeah. where he's like trying to figure out how to fight with the dark saber because it mm -hmm. like got heavy, like I, I want to see that play out. That there's you definitely think, an arc in the build between the two of them. You think there's a um, gonna be kind of a connection? Between what happens moving forward with the Bad Batch, with like the, um, you know, like the whole, the whole, um, I'll, you guys saw the last episode of the Bad Batch, right? Like, well, I don't I, know. I've not seen one, the most recent one. No. I, since I did, but since yeah, they probably. came back from the, the, the season. 
Well, yeah. Break. So basically, it has it has something to do with cloning, yeah, and like cloning special stuff. It, mm-hmm. If if because it's still going on, if it's going to sure, we got hints of like, that with like the Camino guy, yeah, uh, and, and them taking them to Grogu to that lab. That exactly. They were like, you think from that they're eventually gonna. Um, and well, imagine the, the timelines will bad. converge, but maybe the the, the no, the, not the timelines, but the help connect um, the dots of like you know mm-hmm. what Mando found in season two, the, that weird cloning facility mm-hmm. left on Navarro that they blew up, and then and then finding out like what they were really trying to do with Grogu, like even, link to the cloning that the Empire is is, is working with in the Bad Batch. Or, yeah, or even. Um, some of the live action versions of Bad Batch characters. I think it'd be cool, but I don't. I don't see. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it happening. Maybe. I'm. I'm making a, a, a bold, boldish prediction for for the last episode of season three of Mandalorian. Hit hit us. So we opened with a a new foundling getting their first set of Mandalorian helmet in the waters on that planet right uh uh-huh. so my bet is after everything mandalorian goes through he's gonna come back and one of the final scenes in season three is he is him he's gonna be put in that same situation to get re-baptized i guess in a way in those yeah. waters to be reformed as part of that group and maybe grogu gets the same treatment too and he gets his own little helmet. Yes, let's go. On let's... the other end of the spectrum, though, I could see he gets offered that is about to go in the water and declines being allowed back in because he's realized through the journey, this is not his way anymore. This is not the way. Mm-hmm. Really? I I have the I think the exact opposite. He's gonna raise up that dark scene and be like, take off your helmets. Stop listening to this armor. She's fucking yeah, nonsense. A change of heart in that way too, yeah. There's a quick way to take off the helmet with that saber, by the way. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Like? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Mace Windu did it hey, a long time right. ago. This is true. Um, proven proven I, tactic. I will say, I really, man, all those costumed Mandalorians in the beginning. Look so good. You you know you're they're bringing those costume backs for a big epic fight scene or Oh, they have to. They spent, spent all that all that time and money oh, making those making costumes. Those suits. I mean, we saw it. Uh, I think there was in the trailer that they were, like, dropping out of a ship. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've seen in, like, the other seasons as well uh, that they're, like, defending Navarro. Uh, with all those Mandalorians, and those are some of the more epic shots of the some seasons. Some of them had the uh, the Bogotan, like her faction, the, the Night Owl, whatever. The Night Owl, yeah. Some of them did at the uh, at the in the trailer. Oh, you're saying that it dropped out? Okay. Yeah. Well, we, they said that the Bogotan said that they left and went off to do Mercy. Uh, or bounty, like a bounty hunting mercenary yeah. work. I was gonna say mercenary work, or uh, anyways, um, but yeah, like like bounty hunting and stuff. So, uh, I assume it, if it's gonna be an epic finale, he's gonna have to unite all of the Mandalores, uh, Mandalorians from the different factions to do what. 
Hard to say. That's, that's still what I don't understand. In the other seasons, we to had a clear bad guy. Yeah, but like we we don't have uh, we don't have Gus for in game anymore. We don't have uh, people like going after the uh, the child anymore, right? The more that most of that's pretty safe. So well, the who kid, is the bad guy? Well, I mean, maybe is it because we there there were shots in the trailer of that scientist of, of taking the a taxi in, in Coruscant, and I don't know. Did the trial mm. for Moff Gideon even happen yet? No, they were just talking about it that the yeah. New Republic was going to do it. Could could we see what happens on Coruscant okay. deal with the trial of Moff Gideon? Mm. Maybe he doesn't get tried, guilty. Really? No. Okay. Okay, so you still you still think that there might be some somebody after Grogu that that storyline's not complete yet? Giancarlo Esposito's such a good villain, and I wouldn't put it past him to find a way to get him back (laughs) out in the field and going back after Mando. Mm. Hey, this is Mm -hmm. a really good actor. We should probably do something about this. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh man. Well, we got to wait a couple more days for the next episode of Mando. We'll talk more about it next week as we continue our coverage of the X-Wing World Championships uh, lead up. Thank you for hanging out today. And of course, be smart and be safe. Gold Squadron.